straight from GP, Rand Tut, Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets. These are voices for the people that don't get to speak. Issues, black news, the conversation's deep. Shout out to Slick, I'm nigga. going in on the beat. iPods, Androids, or your laptop. These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie. Then came a long way from being homies on the block, from afros and braids, and now they at the top. You want facts? This is where I get them from. GP3 RTT at gmail.com. Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response. I gotta go now. The show starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Ran and Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. It is GP3 Round 106. Um, Tommy B is in the house. Welcome to my man, Ran. What's up, Ran? Nothing much, man. How are you doing this week? Good, man. Good, good. Welcome back, bro. Um, how can we say it, man? Just when you think it's going to settle down a little bit, it kicks back in in full gear. Uh, we got a real big week, a whole lot of uh, stuff happening. Not all bad. It's some, you know, good stuff in there as well. But, uh, you know, uh, like we do every week, man, go ahead and uh, tell everybody the uh, GP3 story. Okay. It was GP3. It stands for Grove Park 3. The three of us. I come from the Grove Park Elementary School in the Grove Park community here in Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Rand. I live on South Elizabeth Place. Uh, other member of the three, uh, member of Meritai Tut, he lived on Charlotte Place. The Big Hill. And I was on, I'm Tommy B. Uh, I was on North Avenue, man. And uh, as always, man, good to be here. You got any shout outs, man? I'm going to let you kick yours first. Yeah, man. I got a couple shout outs, man. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to Prince's Estate for releasing um, that album. This past Friday, big time. Uh, uh, micro piano and microphone, great thing. Uh, got a couple birthday shoutouts uh, today in terms of John Coltrane, yeah, Ray Charles, uh, George C. Wolf. Wow. And then um, also this past week in 1963, uh, three African Americans, uh, Lawrence Williams, Ford Green, and Ralph Long, uh, integrated Georgia Tech. Wow, back when in it was not under court order. Wow, nineteen sixty-three. So, so 19- how, much, how much of a delay was that from from um, the court order period to when they actually? Well, uh, when when Charlene um, when Charlene uh, Hunter Galt and um, and Hamilton Holmes they went into uh, University of Georgia, I think in either sixty-one or sixty-two. So okay. it's about a year or two after University of Georgia's integration, but this wasn't a court order one. Okay, got it. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, give a shout out to Jeffrey Owens, uh, Elvin. He's just been cast in a new movie called Fatale, opposite Michael Ely and Hilary Swank. Good for him, man. Good for him. Um, uh, also, tomorrow, uh, which is interesting, in 1956, tomorrow was when the Little Rock Nine uh, went into Central High School in Arkansas. Wow. You know they under, they've under, done. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Under um, under the National Guard, uh, Eisenhower sent in the National Guard to protect those young those young uh, warriors. And uh, they've done a lot of documentaries, man, over the years following their lives and um, and how they've um, how they were impacted by all that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they've uh, actually met one of the one of the women, and uh, it was interesting. I mean, her stories was just riveting. I don't know how anyone, you know, between the ages of 14 and 16 
uh, could deal with the issues that those kids went through. Man, that's, um, that's I, like, I just, I, you know, I just can't imagine. I mean, mm-hmm. we got kids now who think they're tough. Nah, that's a whole nother, this is a whole nother world right here. Yeah. That's um, like carrying the world on your shoulder, man. Right, you right, know? right. You're talking about it. It's psychological torture. That's mm-hmm. what they went through. Mm-hmm. Um, on a sad note, uh, on the 19th, Arthur Mitchell, founder of the of Dance Theater Harlem, passed away at the age of 84. Yeah, man. So, man, that's all I got. Good stuff. That's all I got. Good stuff. I'll, I'll roll into mine, man. Uh, Nabate Isles, man. You remember? We had him on the show. Uh, Nabate, uh, Eclectic Excursions, uh, his debut single as a solo artist album, uh, hit the top 50, man, on jazzweek.com. So, you know, kudos to Nabate, man. Also, shout out to Michelle Obama today. You know, we take the show on Sunday. Her uh, We All Vote um, kicks off today. We've, you know, they've been running some uh, TV and, and radio on the on the campaign. Uh, but the actual rallies uh, kick off today in Vegas. And uh, I'll put this on the podcast page where you can text and you can initiate if you if you're not registered, and it's a short window, man. You know because a lot of registration is is done within the next few weeks for November. Uh, but you can text "We All Vote" to nine seven 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 nine, and I'll make sure that's on the uh, podcast page. And and tonight, the rally in Vegas is actually going to be on Facebook Live tonight. So you can go to Facebook Live at eight o'clock. And I think it is 8 p.m. Uh, Central. Uh, I hope it's not. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure it's 8 p.m. Central. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, but you can go to Facebook Live and their Facebook page, When We All Vote, that you can actually watch her live on and, and her speech and, and some of the festivities uh, on Facebook Live tonight at 8. I don't know if you saw this, man. Again, we take the show on Sunday, but uh, CBS Sunday Morning did a really uh, good piece, man. There's a pastor in... Monticello, Georgia, man, which is not far in the central Georgia area. And uh, he, he, you know, crisis in faith, you know, all pastors go through it. And, you know, he's got a small church, so he works a day job and he's on the uh, works for the power company, works on the lines. And um, a balloon was just came out of the sky. You know, uh, you know how people like a, a just a, what do you call it? A vinyl Nyler balloon. And I had a note on it and it said, basically, God helped me get what I need by Wednesday for school. A uh, young lady, uh, Micaiah Curry, needed items for, you know, Albany State. He took the note. He only had one hundred and twenty five dollars to his name and took the note, went ahead and got that young lady a fridge, a comforter and a, and a few other things, man. So that's a, that was just a cool, touching story, man. Um, but can you imagine that? Man. You know, can you imagine you know, you just see a note come out of the sky <laughs> and you having a crisis of faith. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, he did that for that young lady, man. And, and that that says a lot about his character. Uh, and also shout out then they on the same show. They um, they profile RuPaul. As you know, RuPaul is from ATL. Out of, uh, yeah, I went to high school with Ru. Northside. Was it Northside? Which, which school? Yeah. Yeah. Ru. Yeah, yeah, I went to high school with Ru. Yeah, and Rue, um, you know, they talked about all his success, man. And, you know, 10 years with the Drag Race series, uh, another Emmy win, just doing phenomenal stuff, man. I remember, and we may have talked about this previously on the show, man, when, you know, I was a, a club DJ and um, RuPaul, he was just about to go to New York. He was leaving Atlanta. And, you know, he, you remember he used to wear the Mohawk? <laughs> <laughs> Did he wear the Mohawk in high school, man? Too. <laughs> no, no, no. He, you know, we called him. We, you know, he was he was on. Um, 
yeah. in high school. Yeah. But no, he, he had an afro and stuff. He, had a he wore a mohawk. Yeah, he wore a mohawk uh, after high school. He was doing this thing because he was doing all the clubs down Peak Street, 10th, and doing a lot of that stuff um, in the rock and, and, and punk rock, pop rock, all that stuff. And uh, he was saying, you know, he's going to make it big. Next thing you know, he goes to New York. And, you know, he winds up in, uh, you know, the B-52s video. Uh, he's doing, you know, the supermodel single. His career took off and blew up, man. He, and he's really never looked back. So, you know, kudos, kudos to Rue. Good, it was just good stuff, man. Heart, you know, just all positive, you know. Speaking of positive, man, I, I do want to shout out, man. Did you see the game last week, the Browns and the Jets? Did you no. Let me tell um, you. I haven't, seen a, I haven't seen a pro game in two years, man. Yeah. Because I've been boycotting. Yeah, you've been boycotting. I didn't boycott. I I, I, boy, I say I boycott with my mouth on this show. But uh, I'll, I'll be the one who follows, and, and, and I appreciate you boycotting. I do. Um, but, man, it was – I watched um, the Cleveland Browns on Hard Knocks on, on HBO and really – got caught up in their story. They have a black coach going through a lot, all the losses and all that. But man, this game, like within the first 10 minutes ran, I was ready to go. I mean, I was like, this is garbage. And, you know, uh, Tarod Taylor, I think is the the guy who came from Buffalo, who was the quarterback, got hurt. And they bought in the Heisman guy, Baker Mayfield. Dude, it was like heaven can wait. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what's his name? Back in the day in the 80s, uh, when what's his name came running in, Warren Beatty came running in to take over for the quarterback. Dude, it was like night and day. Uh, shout out to Hugh Jackson uh, and, and his team. Man, they finally uh, broke the losing streak, which I just wanted them to get out of that, man, and just move forward. Because, uh, you know, not to spend a whole lot of time on the sports side of it. They got a lot of talent. Uh, a lot of adversity going on in the background. Um, you, you hear the personal stories about the players and the coach. He lost his mom in the middle of um, training camp. Um, you know, the player, you know, basically the announcement, he's in the office. Yeah, just, just you know, incredible. So they're coming back from some adversity. But this guy, Baker Mayfield, is the truth, man. So it was a good, it was a really, whereas, you know, a lot of the games ran, are you know, you get caught up in the politics you know, you get caught up in the big money. This was this is what like sports is about. You know, this is the humanity, the um, the drama. You know, this is why I love sports. I mean, this was really just an, an incredible comeback when it, it was cool. It was real cool. So I'm a shout out to Cleveland. Too bad, Jets. I know we got a lot of New Yorkers who listen, you know, better luck next time. But it was really a fabulous story for Cleveland fans. Right. And you mentioned them uh, piano and a microphone, dude. Have you listened? Did you check it out? Have you checked it out yet? Yeah. Yeah, I checked it out, man. What were your thoughts? Give me your thoughts first. I'll let you, you know, jump in. I, I thought it was okay, man. I thought it was uh, authentic. It was true. I mean, you actually got a glimpse into Prince behind the uh, the persona. Yeah, yeah. You know, you actually got a glimpse of, you know, the process he goes through, you know, what some of these songs probably sounded like when he was recording, before he recorded the demo, you know, as he was sitting there at the piano composing them. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, you know, I would imagine there's probably a gazillion other, um, tapes and cassettes that Prince had that never were released Mm -hmm. that probably again will, will give a a glimpse at, you know, his genius. Um, but I liked it. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm in agreement with you, man. Cause you know, I was not a big fan of, um, them going into the vaults. 
um, the estate because, uh, you know, he wouldn't have done it uh, on his own. And and he, he would not have uh, authorized, uh, you know, knowing his, you know, knowing how Prince is, he wouldn't have authorized them going into the vaults, pulling stuff out for release. But I will tell you, man, uh, I, it, it's exactly what you said, man. It's insight into kind of his creativity and, and the way it goes. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to it, it flows almost like a live performance. So from song to song. But but my highlights, my love seven. I, I was a big fan of the song 17 Days back in the day. Uh, I was cool to hear him do that just with the piano and the mic, the Purple Rain. Um, you know, cut he did. I mean, with the uh, with piano and the, piano and the mic was cool. Uh, International Lover was amazing, man. On piano, uh, threw a little bit of Do Me in there. Uh, I don't know if you remember. You remember the Black Album? Yeah, I remember that one. When he did the Bob George character, he did that with the song uh, Cold Coffee and Cocaine, which is hilarious, and it's in the mix. But it, it, it's really cool, man. It's short. It flows. It's only about, what, 34 minutes in length, the total, and nine songs. And, um, you know, it was it's worth it. It was worth the release from the vault. Whereas I was a big critic of them releasing stuff from for, from the vault. Now I'm excited to hear what else is in there. You know, I, I'd love to hear. And this was just on one on one cassette. They just happened to be in there. They grabbed it and, and it was, you know, continuous play of these songs. So um, I'm excited to. I would, I, would have, I would just love to go into the vault, man, and just to listen to all the stuff this brother had, you know, all the different creative directions he might have had on, on one song that you're familiar with or, you know, uh, just to see what th- what was in this man's head. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I agree, man, because I it makes you it makes me miss him being around even more. And the creativity right. and, 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 and style he bought to the industry, man. But um, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, you know, so I'm excited to hear. I mean, I, I think, you know, this this leads me to really or opens up the possibilities of what might be left in the vault. The other thing is I hope they get in there because the other thing I think you may have mentioned it, Rand. Um, there was a lot of moisture and what do you call it? Uh, mildew. Uh, right. In the vault. So they got to get to a lot of that music before. You know, it's even playable. It's, it, it's degrading. <laughs> yeah. Some of them, some of them, they've already said they've lost some of the stuff, and there's a they got to raise funds for some type of restoration. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. It, it was it was good stuff. So uh, piano and a microphone. It's streaming. You know. So uh, if you got you know paid Spotify or paid Apple Music, whatever your service is, definitely go check it out. Netflix is on fire, man. This was just. Um, Probably one of their better weeks that they've had in terms of releases. Same day, you got Napoli Ever After. You got Quincy and, uh, you know, the Quincy Jones biopic uh, with Rashida Jones, his daughter, uh, as as producer. And um, the uh, D.L. Hughley release, man. Um, Did you have a chance to check out any of of that? Because I know you... You know, not really, man. I saw the um, uh, the teasers. Yeah, yeah. uh, The trailers. And um, definitely uh, want to check out uh, DL's mm-hmm. uh, Quincy, and also uh, I'm a Sanaa Lathan fan. You know, I think she, uh, I think this is her genre, man, right here. So I definitely would like to see. I will. They, they're on my, on my, on my. Uh, what is it you have on on, on um, your watch list or your save list, yeah. whatever it is? On yep, yep. You put in your. I, I guess I call it like in Q. They call. They give it another name, but I, I know what you're saying. 
Yeah. But Mel- whatever it is, I went ahead I'm and binged it. Got it. Out, got it out of the way for the. I did it for the show for the culture. <laughs> but uh, man, Quincy, let me tell you, ran, um, and I won't give it away. But it is phenomenal, dude. It is probably one of the best. And it's not a. It's not. It's a documentary. It's not a biopic. I mean, it, it's true to life. Every every, you know, all the footage. And it is just incredible. If you are a either a historian follower of music all the way back to jazz, as Quincy goes back that far, or if you're a new kid into hip hop, you need to check out this because it is just incredible. I mean, it starts off with Dre, with Dr. Dre interviewing him um, for a show at his home. And, and then it just goes, it talks about his early life. It shows pictures of his early life. It gets into the Michael Jackson era, uh, the whole era when he started doing, you know, the, um, you know, the different wives, <laughs> the Peggy Lipton era is what I like to call it. You know, it, it's just incredible. And, and, and I would, I would just recommend if you're new to the industry or to music um, and you don't understand and which a lot of a lot of kids don't um, understand why we are where we are. This spells it out. And and one thing I'll say, man, about Quincy and even people like Don Cornelius, they stood up for rap when a lot of people didn't stand up for rap. Um, and even if you go back to um, back on the block, if you remember, um, he put hip hop and integrated hip hop into back on the block, along with the legends. Dizzy Gillespie, Sarah Vaughn, um, a lot of folks. So it, it's just really, man, it was, I call it Rashida Jones's love letter to her dad. Um, if Quincy, pa- if, you know, God forbid he passes tomorrow, this is his legacy, this film. It's just that good. It'll bring tears to the eyes, man, talking about how he grew up in Chicago and how his mom had mental illness. His dad moved to Seattle with him. It's just thorough. But but let me tell you, my recommendation is sit down and watch it in one sitting. You know how it is, Rand. You get interrupted so much and you keep pause, get up, watch, you know, take the time, break out the time and do it. Napoli Ever After, man, I was impressed because you like Sinai Latham, right? You're a fan, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. And and I'm a fan of hers, too. These are the kind of movies she does well. She does best at. I mean, it's cool to see her do some other genres like um, she did Alien versus Predator and you know, some action stuff here and there, but, but the rom-coms, you know, this is where she does her best man. And, and, and I was excited um, to see Lynn Whitfield. Lynn Whitfield's like what? 65. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's up there, man. But she looks, she still good. Looks good. And, and Ernie Hudson, I didn't know Ernie Hudson's like 72 and they both really look good in the movie. Um, but, but just kudos to Netflix, man. This is, I mean, they're doing black folks, right, man. Uh, with a lot of the stuff they're releasing, quality, um, you know, it, it's it's good stuff. I mean, it's stuff that could be on the big screen. So kudos. Contrary to what Monique says, right? <laughs> well, you know, but you know what, man? All okay. the comedians oh, are Cat getting Williams. deals. Oh, Cat Williams. Yeah. All the comedians wow. are getting deals. You got, you know, DL, uh, you know, what's her name? Um, uh, Haddish is getting a deal. So, but, but I think in terms of... Um, you know, they just made the hire with the diversity 
uh, with the new diversity person for Netflix um, to oversee uh, inclusion. You know what? One of the big things that's happened is um, I saw some stats. They looked at their subscriber base Mm -hmm. and they saw they saw the disproportionate number of 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 people of color subscribing to their product. Absolutely. And uh, that woke them up. Yeah, I mean, because it was all about economics. When you start multiplying the subscriptions by the number of, of viewers, viewers, and uh, in a, in a potential boycott or mm-hmm. threat of a boycott, yeah, you you will change. But you, you know change. what? You know what, Rand? Think about the number of people who don't look at those numbers. The number of companies who ignore those numbers. You under, you understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! They, they, there's too many of them out there. But you, you're right, though. I mean, I could I work for several of them, and I can tell you, you walk into a, a room and you're like, "Wow, mm-hmm. this something's not right here." Yeah. So at least being proactive and saying, you know, we're gonna we're gonna serve our core, is is the smart move now. And and I and do, also yeah, too. Go ahead. go ahead, man. Also too, a, a lot of their stars, their African American stars. Mm-hmm. Or behind the scenes uh, lobbying. Yeah, true. So what? there's a lot of people, the Kevin Hart's of the world and some other people, They, the Dave Chappelle's, they did a lot of lobbying behind the scenes. Yeah, agreed. And I think, what's so his name, use- Kenya, Kenya Barris is now a part right. of... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah he signed a production deal. Yeah, they're picking up some big talent. Plus, you know, considering the fact that uh, Shonda Rhimes is there too. Right, right. Yeah, so they they've really got or picking up, with the exception of maybe Tyler Perry, they're getting the major black talent behind the camera. Well, and also yeah. and not only with the Tyler Perrys, but also you got to worry about um, the other networks. Uh, they are become they're coming after uh, that talent too. So it's becoming very competitive in terms of who can corral the best stable of talent for for for, for productions. Yeah, agreed. And so agreed. that's gonna that's changing the whole game right now. Yeah. Well, you know, the 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 big thing about companies like Netflix versus the networks, but the networks are catching on. But the big thing is Netflix really doesn't have to worry about a structured day in terms of, you know, they're just put they can put as much content in their category as they can as they can economically afford. You know, whereas the, the networks are really constricted by day parts, you know, they're constricted by the amount of time in a day. So the fact right. that they can put out as much black content as they can afford, which right now they got big money, then they can put out as much and, and, and create these categories. But but it's content rich, you know, so. Well, and also, yeah. too, they don't have to worry about um, they don't have the, the added pressure of, of advertisers. Yeah, advertisers. But yeah. you know what they're thinking about, right? They're they're going to they're going to they're going to go that route. Yeah, they're considering uh, between like if you if you have episodes like series uh, where ads will play between the transitions, you know, right. They're considering that. So we'll oh, they're thinking about that, but you know, on network TV, you know, when, when P and G Coca-Cola or Nike has, a, has an issue with an episode, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that episode uh, is in jeopardy of yep. either being shelved or being reshot yep. to satisfy the concerns of, of, of the advertiser. Yeah, that's true. Cause when you bring them in, the game changes. <laughs> <laughs> the game definitely changes, man. All right, cool. But you know, I've been hard on Netflix. I'm gonna give it to them this weekend. They, they, um, this was a redemptive week when they, when you look at the, you know, the Quincy 
my girl Sanaa is back with a strong, a fairly strong. I mean, it, 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 it and it's they did consistent. this. It's not even Black History Month, man. And it's they not. did this, you know. It's not. <laughs> Damn near. It felt felt like it. All right, man. Um, there were stories about um, basically Steve Harvey's show being canceled, and the fact is, um, what's her name? Uh, Kelly Clarkson is picking up a new show with NBC. So. You know, just to clarify, what's happening is Kelly is going to replace Steve on all the NBC affiliates throughout the country where Steve airs. Steve's going to continue his show where there are no where he's not on an NBC affiliate for the most part. Now, that's what was said as of pre-taping for this show. So basically he's being bumped. He's being bumped on NBC, on the NBC, on NBC affiliates, you know, where they're non NBC affiliates uh steve will remain and basically he's just telling his his representation is telling people check your local listings for where there may be opportunities so the show itself is still going to remain in production uh bet had had, uh, printed a report that the show is ending its run but they say that's not the case we're only going to stop being shown on nbc affiliates in certain markets and it's pretty big markets you're talking la chicago New York. I mean, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's in the top 10. So as you and I both know, when the top tier starts to fall, you know, they start messing with the money. So we'll, we'll, we'll see oh, how yeah. it works. Oh out. yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I, I hate to say it though. This might be a slow death for the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We, we shall see within, within a year, depends on how Kelly's show does, because you know, uh, uh, these talk shows come and go. I, I, I mean, look at Henry, what's his name? Henry Connick Jr. Harry Connick. Uh, Harry yeah. Connick. Harry Connick. Um, you know, didn't last long. I, I don't know how I don't see her carrying a show for the long haul. I, I don't. We'll see. You know, but she's going to be a lead in for Ellen, basically, in most markets. That that's the that's the whole strategy is for her show to lead in Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. So we'll see how it goes. But it's kind of what's ironic is because Steve and, um, and Ellen have such a strong partnership. That's yeah. this is weird. It is weird. Business is business. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, man, this week, just a couple of shorts. Uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood received uh, a really cool 51st anniversary. You know how Google does their doodle? Um, yeah, and, I saw and, it. And I thought that was real cool, man, on Friday. And and I'm a huge fan of, of Mr. Rogers. Um, you know, we come out of that era. I guess we're like the PBA kids, right? We PBS kids. We, um, mm-hmm. you know, we came out of the early Sesame Street era and all that. So, you know, Mr. Rogers uh, means a lot, you know, in terms of, you know, my childhood. I'm pretty sure your tri- childhood as well. So happy 51st anniversary. He's, he's even more important today. I wish I wish they would have Mr. Rogers for adults now. I do, too, man. I mean, he taught so much, man. One of the things and, and they were talking about it because I think it's part I still haven't seen the documentary and I need to I need to go check that out. I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Netflix real soon. But one of the things they, they talked about was um, how he would integrate the news of the day into the different skits they did. You know, whenever like mm-hmm. you, I don't know if you they show he showed where the um, the black. Um, what was the guy? Um, he was Francois. He, no, it was. Yeah, it may have been Francois or it was the postman who had stopped by to drop the mail off and he was hot and he. 
and and he's no, that, that was Francois. Uh, okay. Mr. Mr. Feely was mm-hmm. the postman. Okay, got it. Okay, Francois. Francois was the cop, and they and they um they sat down and um and put their feet in the uh, pool. In the pool. In the pool. And whereas blacks weren't allowed to swim with whites, pools hadn't been integrated. And uh, right. so you know that's why I think you know Mr. Rogers really means so much, man, because. He really tried to teach inclusion, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, we need to be showing it again. Consider. I mean, the they should. If, if the president is going to watch TV all day long, they should put that on the loop for him. <laughs> put it on the loop. I agree. But knowing him, though, he will he will find that Mr. Rogers was unpatriotic or something like that. You know how that is. <laughs> you know it. And, Just uh, like the young lady. What was it on NRA? Oh, she uh, oh on Thomas God. the Tank. She put the the, the Klan hoods on oh, Thomas the Tank my characters. God. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I normally don't wish ill will of anyone, but yeah. that woman is pushing me to that point. Yeah. Dana Loesch. Yeah. Yeah. She she yeah. is it's amazing. She is she's the devil. Yeah. It, it is She um, and Coulter. She and Ann Coulter got a special place for them. <laughs> but even Coulter, I think they're even eclipsing Coulter, you know, and Laura Ingram. I mean Ingram. I, I mean these these <laughs> I mean, if you are a woman, yeah, she's embarrassing. Just like Pastor Daryl Scott is embarrassing for black folks. Wow, it's going to be interesting, man. And, and we'll get into the um, the whole Kavanaugh thing, and, and we can definitely. I'd love to love to get your thoughts on that, especially as we we talk about Kavanaugh. Um, but also on the light side, just a couple more shorts, man. Tessa Thompson, congrats to her. Uh, she's going to be in a uh, MIB spinoff with uh, Chris Hemsworth, the guy who plays Thor. And um, Jordan Peele, man, uh, they announced this week that, um, you know, Jordan is going to be doing the new Twilight Zone. And I'm not sure if they're going to show this and I'll, I'll keep you all up to date. I'm not sure if they're showing it on the network or they're going to do it on with all access, CBS, all access. But uh, just good to mm-hmm. see the fact that they're doing that again. You know, I'm a blurred. So my my inner blurred is leaping when I see the opportunities come about for well, you know the great thing about it what it shows is that uh science fiction is not just for is not just for geeky white boys no it's not you it's know? not yeah and it shows that African Americans you know we've always said this for years we cover the spectrum not only in color but also uh, in in thoughts and ideas absolutely you know it, you know it, whites don't have white men don't have the uh don't have the key to the to the kingdom for everything. No, as a matter of fact, you know? there's a um, a huge convention, you know, this weekend or has been like over the last couple of uh, anime uh, it, this week that's been happening, I think, through the weekend. And, and there's just a huge blurred African-American uh, uh, contingency, man, they're representing. So um, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to get too deep because you know how much I love Twilight Zone night gallery and all that stuff. But the thing I loved about Rod Serling is he also gave a lot of social commentary within that. Um, we, we, you know, we talked about the, the monsters on Maple street and how that represents how, how, how relevant that is in our politics today. So, you know, there's a lot that can be done with that genre that, that basically reflects society. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, Oh yeah, that's a lot. I mean, you know, even know, with get out, Rod Sterling, you know, even with get out, of- yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rod Sterling was on the forefront of it, I mean, the infant stages. But now there's so much these guys, now the creativity these young people of, of, of color uh, can bring to it, it, it just makes it uh, an even stronger genre. Yeah, I agree. A little bit of music talk, man. I know you got some music background. Um, I was excited to see the fact that they're busting Ticketmaster for um, having these little scalper outfits that they've been 
kind of holding at arm's length, but they've actually been in collusion with them to basically raise and drive sales and drive demand for tickets. Did you know that? Were you familiar? Are you familiar with what that is all about? I wasn't familiar with it until I read the article and I was like happy as heck that uh, they busted them. Yeah, because I think that's uh, I think that's unfair to the fans out there. Are you, you know, happy? I, are you happy with? Are you cool with the ticket prices? You know, no, I'm not cool with the ticket prices. But some of that is driven through the fact is that these artists are getting such big contracts now. Yeah, that they got to pay them. Mm-hmm. I get that, uh, but you know, at the same time, I wish some of these artists would understand one thing: mm-hmm. you're making your money on the back of your fans. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Don't. Because when you charge the exorbitant ticket prices, you are not respecting your fans. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask you, man, you, you've had uh, you got, you know, Beyonce fans in the house. How much? Wh- yeah. What was the range? What was the ticket range? The price? Man, I could I'll be I ain't gonna tell you no range. I can tell you I can I can give you the number. I think the three of them together spent close to a thousand dollars. Jeez. Okay, because you know, again, that's just for this concert, and they've been to three of them. This oh. is just for this. That's it. it, it start, it, it's gotten it's gotten incrementally more expensive as they get as they see closer and closer and closer to Beyonce. I think they're trying to touch the hem of her garment or something. Like that. <laughs> but um, let me ask yeah, you. I know. So, I know you're not. I know you're you're not in that. I, I'm not. not I'm not a fan. Of the, 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 the fact is, my wife and I we're in a position where we can afford those tickets. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but I still ask myself. What could I've done for mankind with that money? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Imagine how many five dollar meals could I've provided with that thousand dollars? How many school supplies I could provide it with with that? But again, you know, as I always say, you can't tell people how to spend their money. No, you can't. It's their money. They they earn their money. But I just have a I just wish that these artists, particularly in the hip hop community, Mm. With the, with you riding on the backs of poor kids, yeah, for the most part, yeah, but it's, almost, know, it's almost then, like then as bad gonna, as the shoe industry to some, to a certain extent, right, right, yeah. and then you're gonna sit there and floss in front of them, basically saying I'm rich, you're not, yeah, you know, I I have a big problem with that, but uh, yeah, Ticketmasters is is a is a key contributor to this whole gouging, uh. And, ba- and basically, I don't know if we clarify, just to clarify the allegation. It's an allegation that, it's, it's that true, man. the, the scalpers on, man. basically are colluding with the company to just like, you know, when tickets go on sale and they're sold out in 10 minutes and all of a sudden the scalpers have that. They've got the tickets, but the per- tickets are what, two to one or two times, three times the price. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, that that there's a kickback you know, to Ticketmaster for the, to the scalpers or, you know, from the scalpers. So that's the allegation. So, uh, and that was basically done through an undercover uh, investigation and all the major outlets, uh, you know, Rolling Stone, all the major, major music out, outlets are uh, basically printing that story. And that, that came out this week. Okay. The other big thing, and, and this is, this is kind of good for independent artists. Uh, if you're, you know, out there trying to do your own thing. Spotify is basically has, has indicated uh, that they will allow uh, independent artists to uh, upload their own music uh, to the platform for free. There is going to be a process where, 
you know, it's not like SoundCloud where you can just upload it and it's there. There's going to be like, a, I guess, for lack of a better term, like an editorial or screening process that, that the uh, music has to go through. But, um, you know, and, and the way I look at it is, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, the record companies have gotten rich in a big way, turned around their uh, the companies on streaming. So I think this is Spotify's way to cut the middleman. You know, and go directly to artists. The only question is going to be, um, can you get hits from these independent artists, you know, without going, I mean, you know, labels have their way of, of marketing and manufacturing and developing these artists to hit status. You know, will Spotify be able to do the same thing without the middleman? So that's going to be interesting. I think it's good for independent artists, at least to get exposed. I, I, yeah. I like that. I mean, you know, I'm, I have some concerns about the editorial aspect of it, as you mentioned. Yeah. Because at the same time, it's art. But at the same time, some of these artists, in my opinion, are not um, responsible artists in terms of the content they put out. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a it's kind of a dual edged sword right there. Do, do, do you do you go with artistic expression, freedom of speech, or do you say, you know what, we're not going to put this hate stuff out here, we're not going to put this misogynistic stuff out here, we're not going to put this racial stuff out here. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a, it's a a strange uh, box to be in. Well, I know Spotify has, has tried to be more responsible when it comes down to um, hate speech. Um, and, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I think from a, you know, you got to keep in mind, and one of the things, and I'll mention it, that is, is that Spotify, even though it does well from a streaming and an audience standpoint, it's, you know, up there between, it's the battle between Spotify and Apple Music. Um, Spotify, from a uh, financial standpoint, still isn't as profitable as it should be because they're paying out so much money to the labels, back to the, you know, so if they can eliminate that segment and just pay to the artist, and I think with these, um, indie deals, it's going to be more like a revenue share when the money does start rolling in. So it'll be interesting. It, it, it's so it sounds like in some yeah. ways they're um, they're kind of doing what Title tried to do. Yeah, but you know all this revenue sharing and stuff, which yeah. the the jury is still out on how successful Title is because no one really knows what the numbers are. So yeah, the the difference with um, I guess if if you look at it with Spotify is that the head start, you know the the platform's massive. And, and, you know, right. international. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, just an update. Uh, and, and on the uh, both of them, John, uh, 18 days, man, Amber Geiger uh, has been free. And, and I don't count that one hour processing where she, you know, basically. How does a cop come up with $30,000 to pay a $300,000 bond? How, have, have you seen that? How do how, you know, living I don't in know a, her background, man. I don't know anything an about this young lady. Maybe her family, man. You know, they you easily mortgage something. But you know, I don't know if she can mortgage anything. You living in an apartment, but yeah, uh, yeah. that's my point. So you know, thirty thousand dollars was paid for the bond, but I again, I don't count that. So I say, you know, she's been free. You know, since she uh, murdered murdered both of them, John. Um, she has moved out of the apartment, and that's amazing to me that. Uh, the apartment's been cleaned out with really no search information to her apartment. Uh, there's been no toxic toxicology report released and they haven't heard about the possibility of releasing it. Um, you know, the family did a, a homecoming in St. Lucia on Friday. Uh, I think her, uh, both of them's mother, uh, father and brother returned to St. returned to St. Lucia 
And um, the other thing is the police chief, and I'm not sure, Renee, police chief Renee, I forgot her last name, um, but she is basically saying she can't fire uh, Amber um, uh, Geiger at this point. And she's also indicating that uh, the investigation is ongoing. It's just a mess, man. It's a mess. Well, that's how those, you know, you, you, you got a couple things. You got the, the culture of the blue line plus the culture of the of the um, of the unions there, mm-hmm. yeah. police unions. Yeah. And these guys, I mean, you know, as I say, the the police and the and the Catholic Church are the same thing. They're so gangster. Uh, that's why you never get answers. Yeah. Uh, and so you got this going on, and then you got the political environment because, as we know, Texas is a very red state. Everyone believes in strapping themselves. Mm-hmm. So. Um, no, they, they were doing it in uh, the night. Really, <laughs> right? I mean, there's yeah. no sympathy for this young man. No. Now, if if he was a cop, a black cop that killed a white woman, mm-hmm. trust me, um, you would it would be a different result. What we're seeing right now. Do you think he'd be 18, 18 days free? No, no, no. He wouldn't be eighteen days free. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we'll continue to follow it, continue to update. Man, the White House, Washington is just uh, ridiculous, man. I'll start with the Stormy Daniels book. What'd you think? I could, man, you know, I, I could I don't, care less. I, I could care I mean, less, I, but it's just. I could care less, man. I don't even really want to talk about it. Man. It's, it's just psychological man. warfare, I, I think, from, from what's his name? Aminati. Um the attorney, I think not that, I mean, it's her book, but I do believe it's part of the whole get into his psyche. Uh, the, the, the whole thing, which I won't go into, you know, the toad, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Toad is the character. Y'all can read the headlines. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So that book is out. Um, moving on to basically what she's saying is the boy ain't got an eggplant. That's what she's saying. (laughs) Ditto. Um, the, the Senator uh, Ralph Norman and the comment about um, Abraham Lincoln and Ruth Bader Ginsburg just says it all about their empathy and, and, and caring um, for this upcoming Kavanaugh situation. They can deny it all they want, man. But but that just, you know, it does. It speaks volumes to the culture. You know, I was at a uh, I was at a, uh, a meeting this past week. And there was a lot of um, female um, voters in there. Mm-hmm. And um, all, of them, all of them, and they were telling these candidates who were running for office, and they were telling them, look, we'll see you in November. Mm. Wow. And these, these women are saying, okay. I mean, I think everyone, uh, I think everyone believes that Kavanaugh is going to make it. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to make it. He's 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 going to make it uh, because the way that the, the Senate Judiciary Committee is, is structuring this thing, mm. it seems like they haven't learned from Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas. They they're just doubling down on that behavior, and and they don't understand this Me Too movement is it is it, going to hurt them in many ways. Well, you know, now, it's going to be a test. I think I think and and again, I mean, we tape on Sunday. Um, it's it's upcoming this week. Uh, I think Thursday. She's going up Thursday. She's going to do Thursday. Okay. And um, it's going to be a test for how influential the movement is now, whether or not they're willing. I mean, it's almost like, um, how do you say it? I mean, they're putting their neck in the guillotine. 
and and it, it's it's a test. It's an early it's an early pre midterm test for the GOP. What's interesting is they've had protests, and these senators are afraid to go to their offices. Mm, wow. So I mean, you got a whole lot of stuff happening, man. And, you know, and, and the, you know the, the garbage these guys are saying, man. It's just you sit there and go like, really? Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you tell your daughters this stuff, man? Yeah. Couple of quick things, and I do want to I want to get back into the, um, your your thoughts on the Kavanaugh thing. Uh, a couple of quick things: the the, the Rosen Rosenstein Twenty um, Fifth Amendment leak from the New York Times. What were your thoughts, man? That's I, funny. That was funny, man. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I mean, I thought it. I, I think it's damaging, um, if anything, maybe to the timeline for Mueller because I think it's gonna. But but what I've heard is they're not going to touch Rosen. And am I saying Rosenstein Rosenstein? Uh, there's a preference that he has in terms of how his name is said. But uh, I do know that uh, the word is they're not going to touch him or attempt to uh, fire him or, or investigate him until after midterms. But yeah. Well, yeah. After after they get rid of Jeff Sessions and they appoint the new guy. in, Yeah. Yeah. That's what's that's what's going to happen. But as I've been reading, they said, even though Mueller has been very quiet don't think he has not been thinking these options out. Oh, yeah. He's prepared. And so they are already putting cases, lining them up in the in the court system outside of what the president can go after them. Mm, yeah. In terms of pardons or, or, or stopping, um, um, you know, the investigation, they're already lining that stuff up. So and then more. And you know, just spoke with the guy. Repeat that one more time. What'd you say? Michael Cohen just spoke with Mueller. Yeah, that's true. At length for almost 10 hours. And they said there's going to be some more conversations. They got Manafort. So there's a lot of stuff that's happening. We just don't know. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's the thing that scares the heck out of the president right now. And his and his legal team is they don't know what's being said. Yeah. Then you've got your boy, Jason Miller. You're familiar with Jason Miller, right, from... Um the pro-Trump Trumper who has been on CNN, uh, he stepped down. Basically, their allegations that he put an abortion drug in a woman's smoothie, and um, just amazing. All this stuff's coming out, and that happened within the last few days. Not to mention that the uh, spokesman for GOP um, on the Kavanaugh, um, the whole Kavanaugh uh, nomination, resigned. Uh, facing allegations of sexual harassment. Uh, he worked for a company called CRC, which remember that name uh, because they are also, there's an investigation that's about to start with uh, into CRC, which uh, includes- I, 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 yeah. Man, this is like worse than a Tyler Perry <laughs> or, or Lee Daniels, uh, you know, um, primetime soap, man. This is yeah. like- You can't I, make this up. I, I can't make this stuff up, man. The, the, the <laughs> level of corruption- and, yeah. and poor behavior, character flaws that yeah. you see, it's just, it's mind boggling. Well, apparently the CRC company, a lot of the, a uh, lot of 45s, either cabinet members or his staff, including like Kellyanne uh, Conway had sold their stake into the company or of the company. And, and it's just got some financial ties that might come back to bite them. So it, it, all this that we're talking about, you're going to hear this company, CRC, in a similar way. Remember, um, what, what's, the, what's the company, the Facebook, um, 
that whole face Facebook- Cambridge analytics. Yeah. It, it's, it's starting to kind of bubble like Cambridge analytics as well, you know, so we're going to find out a lot. It, it's deep. It's really deep. So man, uh, uh, Christine Blasey Ford, professor, she's agreed to testify on Thursday. Um, the details, I guess, unless you've heard some details right before the show, still pretty unclear. Uh, they, they did come to, I think she had 10 demands. They met six of the demands based on, um, uh, what's his name? Um, not Sessions. Well, it's, changed, it's changing right now because they're afraid now that she might just decide to, to do a primetime interview or something. Right. That's my thought. That's what you know. What it's it's interesting. Right this now. woman got the kahunas right now. She got the she got the power. And, and you know what? That's what's interesting. I was thinking, as as you mentioned that, as they as her her legal voice uh, was hesitant to approve that that was something that she would have in her back pocket, because if basically the major networks give her a voice, what does it matter? that she's sitting in front of Senate. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. You know, it's just, you know, basically her appeal to the public. Uh, there's a new hashtag, uh, why I didn't report, that basically stems from uh, 45's comment uh, about why she, why she didn't report 30 years ago. But you know what, Rand, you and I both, you you went, did you go to a mixed high school? Yeah. Actually mixed. And you in the 80s, right? You and I both probably, you know, toward the um, early part of the 80s. Didn't you that culture exist? It, it existed in a major way. If you oh, it existed in college, too, man, <laughs> it didn't in high school, it just exists. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when you get around um, people of privilege. Yeah. The behaviors and the value systems that that are norms mm-hmm. that are set in their ways. Yeah. You'll be amazed. I mean, uh, these this type of behavior at the schools that they, they attended are it's a win at all cost attitude. I'm a winner. Everyone else is a loser. Mm-hmm. I do what I want. Um, this is this is common. Yeah. Well, you this know, it's very common. I, I'm you know, a big 80, believer. Eighty five percent of of these uh, these uh, these these um, um, sexual assaults don't get reported. Yeah. Yeah. Less than Less than five percent are false. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that art does imitate life, and, and life imitates art in many cases. And you can look at the movies. If you look at Porky's, you look at the whole John Hughes catalog with Pretty in Pink, you know, and and all that, and Risky Business, Fast Fast Times at Midway High. Too. Hell, look at the Kennedys, man. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm saying. Oh my God! Look at the Kennedys. From the cousins to uh, Chappaquiddick. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it exists. It existed. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. You know, even coming from a situation where, you know, we moved into a you know a community coming from you know you and I both went to Girl Park, but moving to you know communities uh, where you know mixed communities and, and kind of observing so much of it. Um, and, and I do mean observing because, you know, we weren't part of that. You know, we weren't part of that, you know, you know, that level. That you know, and, 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 you know, know. And, it, and everyone's taking up this attitude. Boys will be boys. Yeah. You know, we should let something happen, you know, 30 years ago, impact his 
impact his life. Well, mm-hmm. first of all, this is just a Supreme Court justice gig. Yeah, yeah. His life is not ruined. It's no. just a job. Yeah, he's, he's not okay? going to be, he, even if he's not on the Supreme Court bench, he's still going to be a Fed, a federal judge. Right. That that's going right. to go so on let's, unless you know. So let's just get that out the way right there. Yeah, this ain't uh, this ain't prison. <laughs> this ain't life or death. <laughs> you know. Right. Yes. Yeah. Do people make bad decisions? Yes. You guess what? Just because you make a bad decision does not make you a bad person. No, it doesn't. It does no. mean that you might have to you you might have to uh, uh, pay the price for what you paid, what you did. Well, I do think this. Um, I think forty five is more concerned about. How it because I think he looks at Kavanaugh as a firewall. Uh, And I think this was this was his strategy for a firewall uh, considering before the midterm in anticipation of a defeat in the midterm. And also in 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 front of the Mueller investigation. So there's a lot more at stake than just Kavanaugh getting the chair. He he, you know, he wants someone in there now from a timing standpoint, you know, so I I, I think that there's more to it than that. So interesting. Okay, got anything else on that? You know, man, I mean, you know, just the fact is that as as, as I look at this, I I hear guys like Lindsey Graham and um, what's the other cat? um, uh, The guy in charge of the Senate, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically said, I don't care what this woman said. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. Um, but but then on the other hand is they're the first ones I always want to call for an investigation. Agreed. Now you claim an ignorance, but because you, you, now you don't want an investigation because the investigation might reveal something you don't want to see. Yeah. And you it's, look it's, at it's, what it's, Grassley is Grassley, right, the guy yeah. who is, um, you know, basically the uh, in charge of the uh, judicial committee. Right. And then the optics they have, I mean, you know, is 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 hilarious. When you look at the Judiciary Committee on on a partisan basis, the Republican side is all men, all yeah. old men. Yeah. Well, you got Kamala Harris, and you got Kamala Harris, and you got Diane Feinstein, uh, and I think I think you got like three to four women on there, yeah. and Cory Booker. Yeah. And so you know it's it, and, but what they want to do is the Republicans want to have their female aides interrogate this woman. Amazing. And she's like, no, I want you to do it. Hmm. Yeah, they want to stay out of the way. Yeah. What else you got, man? You got anything on your rant? Well, I mean, you know, uh, it's a couple things, man. Um, One is CBS did a pulse about if you had jury duty, would you go? Would you accept it? You know, two thirds of the people said yes. Mm, Okay. That's. That's that's horrible. When you consider what happened to that young man in Texas and all these other murders we've had around here mm-hmm. and all these other miscarriage of justice. Yeah. Two thirds of Americans say, I don't want to do jury. A third of them say, I don't want to do jury duty. Mm. It should be 100 percent because I can tell you, I've, I've sat on three jury trials. Yeah. Trust me, you want somebody that looks like you in that jury box. Yeah. Yeah. People look at it I as, mean, a, as an inconvenience, man. Whereas, right, you know, right. your, your employer can't dock you. No, uh, or, or you can't do dock. Anything, yeah. yeah. You know. But I mean, it's just amazing how we sit or here and complain yeah. about the judicial system and the political system. But yet when we have an opportunity, a lot of times on jury duty, you're not there for more than two days. Yeah. 
But you know what, Rand? It, it doesn't surprise me based on the number of people who actively vote, voter turnout. You know what I mean? If you consider the number of people, the percentage of voter turnout. Right. I, you know, I wish they had a, I was read in some country that if they don't achieve certain levels of voter turnout, hmm. they have to reschedule the election until they get those, until oh, they get those numbers. <laughs> That's painful. <laughs> but, but what has, what oh, it man. does is it encourages people to vote. And, they, they and, then, and are they going to um, uh, distribute the list of people who didn't vote? <laughs> now, I, I don't know all the details. I would do but that. What it basically said is, basically what it says is that voting really matters. Yeah. And you need to come out here and vote. Yeah. And if we don't get a certain amount of people, we're going to do this thing all over again. So so what do you want to do? Yeah. I think you want to think... go through another election cycle. Yeah. I think they should they should distribute the, the list of people. You know, who didn't, you know, maybe we should. So what else you got, man? Um, Stacey Abrams, man. Um, she uh, was at an event, man, and, and, and white supremacists were there basically saying, shoot them. What? Where was she? In, I mean, yeah. of course, in Georgia. Was she? I mean, in, <laughs> yeah, she, of course, know. she was in Georgia, man. But I mean, the fact is that what is interesting is Brian Kemp, when he was running in the primaries, he was hardcore Trump. Mm -hmm. And now the numbers are coming out and he realizes that I can't be that crazy, wacky right wing guy for the general election. He's putting his wife because, up because <laughs> yeah, he's putting his wife up there now. He's putting his wife up there now because yeah. you guess what? 49% of women said that if, if, if 49% of women surveys say if, if Trump endorses a candidate, it would, it would encourage them to vote for the other candidate. Wow. Okay. In the state of Georgia, 46% of active voters are non-white. Yeah. Mm. That's huge, especially if they turn out. It's, go it's going to be about right. turnout. Stacey already has an 11, 11 percentage point lead over Kemp in women and a 15% point lead over him in terms of independence. Wow. And 44% of, uh, of independents said if, if Trump endorses a candidate, they will vote for the, they will vote for the other candidate. Wow, man. Hmm. Yeah, she's highly this qualified, man. She's, she's probably one of the more qualified individuals running for office in the state of Georgia in a while. Right. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's just amazing, man. When I look at this president, man, you know, here he is supporting Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. He probably should say, dude, we can find another conservative to get my agenda. You, you, you need to go. This, you know, this ain't going to work. Yeah. But this is the same guy now, the president who supported a guy who was banned from a mall for, for picking up, for hitting on young girls. How do you get banned from a mall, man? Right. I mean, when you get banned from a mall, man, that's yeah. like saying yeah. you are a, a predator. Yeah, Roy found a way. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. It, it, it just, I mean, like I said earlier, this is where Mr. Rogers is more important than ever, man. He yeah. really is much more important than ever. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm with you. Got anything else? This cesspool that we have now, man, it, just, it, 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 it grates on you. It does, man. I'm just curious, Rand, um, 
and and you and I mention this on the show often. If the this really this whole movement, how can I say it? The whole forty five movement comes down to white women, you know, right? And I'm just wondering if there's enough galvanized support in in the other direction. I just don't know. I just don't know. When I hear um, um, the pundits like Kelly McEnany and uh, still hear Kellyanne and, and, and of course, um, what's her name? White House, uh, Sarah Huckleby. Um, when I when I continue to hear that and, and even see some of the stuff or, or hear some of the stuff in the state of Georgia, um, when when all this goes down and, and some of these comments are made that, that we heard this week and the support is still there. That's what that's where I you know, that's where I question whether or not there's enough galvanized support for the anti movement, you know, I guess the resistance, because it does. It's going to come down to white women. Well, they're feeling it right now because Walmart is saying that they're feeling it with oh, so. these tariffs and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's slowly trickling down. It's slowly trickling down. But I think there was a lot of independent women who voted for 45 now who have buyer's remorse. Yeah. And I think ultimately, Rand, I'm going to say this as, as far as the economy, because I know a lot of people are are, are talking about how robust how robust the economy is, but the, the the issue that, or the thing that you really have to view or watch or put in perspective is that Wall Street doesn't trickle down to Main Street. And the other thing is um, that a lot of this is, uh, how do you call it? It's confidence based on the regulations being uh, released from a lot of these companies. And also the, the, right. the, the tax the tax uh, benefits that were given. But in terms of it trickling down to Main Street, I don't think it has. I, don't, I, I think it has some, uh, it, it, but it's it more, hasn't. What, what's happened is more you're more about more and more. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was, uh, I, I, I was at a place called the General Assembly. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was meeting with people, and I was talking to people that worked, worked at an organization, a hotel outfit called IHG. Mm-hmm. And ISG is, is doing layoffs. And I was, I was listening to another conversation of another big company doing layoffs. Yeah. A lot of layoffs are occurring, man. And we're not hearing about them. Yeah. They're not making the news like they once did. Yeah. Um, and wages are not going up. No. And so, you know, th there's a lot. And retail stores, are, are st Sears is, is closing doors as we speak. Pennies is closing doors as we speak. Yeah. Because you so, can't you can't look at the you can't use the stock market as a gauge for how well how well day to day economy is with, um, you know, with Main Street, with, you know, with, right. the, with the average consumer. Wall Street is all about, you know, the, the fact that Wall Street is on a high right now basically um, is, is just a point of the regulations being loosened. And the tax, the tax base from a lot of these major companies being right, open and all this is short term stuff. It is short, particularly term. the tax, the tax stuff. It's, and Wall yeah. Street has a ninety day horizon. It does yeah. not think two and three years out. Yeah, agreed, 
I mean, so, you know, I'm hopeful, man. I, I do believe this, Rand. I'll say this, and I think we definitely need to make sure we discuss this in another show. Um, how can the Democrats come up with a better strategy to connect with the business community better? You know what I mean? So that there's there's a benefit seen from the business community in leaning in that direction. Because I think that's where the disconnect is. When, and and I'm, I'm just going to give you a quick example because we're, we're, we're right on the end, at the end of the show. Uh, the big example is with the regulations. If, um, you know, if you got Greenpeace as, you know, in a progressive movement, basically running the progressive movement, the business community ain't having that. You know? Right. So, so my point is, how can there be more concessions made on the Democratic side with regulations and taxes so that the business community is more willing to throw their cards in the game to the Democrat side and stop, I guess, for lack of a better term, allowing 45 to get with his assault on humanity, which is really what they're ignoring for the sake of the dollar. How do we get that? How do we, you know, that's where we need to, that's where, that's where the, candidly, the Democratic Party needs to start coming up with a better strategy for the business community. Right. That also supports the social agenda. Can that happen? <laughs> Is that even possible? You know, can you have again, both? Gonna, it, it can happen, <laughs> but it's all about compromise, so. Can you have both? I don't even remember. Maybe the only time I think we had both ran... And this is why I think people were such big fans of Clinton, the Clinton era, maybe the Clinton era, you know, that two term situation where, you know, the economy was uplifted and the Democrats had their boy in, but he was more of a centrist than he was a progressive. He was definitely, you know, Clinton's policies would be considered almost um, Republican. Liberal compert, wouldn't you say, to a certain extent yeah. these days? Mm -hmm. Especially on the crime side. Well, you know, with oh gosh, yes, oh, <laughs> criminal gosh, justice yes. reform. <laughs> gosh, yes. <laughs> All right, man. You got anything else? I'm dipping. No, into man, I'm time. good, bro. Hey, man, something I saw, man, and I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if you see it. It's it's all over Twitter and social media. There's a gauge, and and basically, can you see my screen? Yeah. OK, this thing. And, and basically, you know, you, you guys have seen it. It's the American slavery segregation slage, uh, uh, gauge. And what it does is it puts into perspective uh, the, the I guess the headline on the, the post that you'll see on Twitter and Instagram. And I think in some cases, Facebook, um, it says, I feel like this needs to be posted periodically to refresh people's memories. And I think, it, you know, of course it comes from black folks to remind people that black folks really haven't had a stake in the game. Only going back to 1954 is when we had a quote unquote green light to achieve. Because what it does is it shows from 1619 to about 1865, American slavery, which was 246 years. Then it showed segregation which is 1865 to 1954, which is 89 years. And then it then it shows from 1954, which I guess is when school uh, was Brown versus Board right around my, my right, right around that time. Now, it doesn't. Um, 
what's his name? Uh, Eisenhower, to, uh, I think it was a Civil Rights Act or something like yeah. that. And then you, you, you do talk about the uh, Voting Rights Act that happened. It doesn't mention that in this. But basically, it's just, you know, almost like when we got in the game and we really didn't get in the game until 1954. So we have to remind people that, you know, people talk about, well, America is still a young country which is 241 to 242 years old. Hell, black America is still only like, what, 64 years old? Competitively. Right. So so it is a reminder to people, and, and I know we get all pissed off and stressed, and, you know, we, we have to remind ourselves sometimes, you know, we still got to keep pushing because we're still kind of young in the game. I mean, even though I think people expect everything to be rosy, it ain't. You know, the fact that, that Stacey Abrams, you mentioned this story about Stacey Abrams uh, going through this in the state of Georgia. And, and I, you know, I, I think people, you know, you and I talk about this a lot. You know, there's Georgia and then there's Atlanta. Two different states. <laughs> come, come on down, y'all. Come on over and, and, and feel it. Do you feel it? Oh, yeah. Every, every time I walk out, every time I go outside the city limits, I see it. I mean, you know, and, and you and I have both. Um, had um, have had global or, or in, uh, um, national experience in terms of travel, and and if you and, and again going back, just the, the the closest example for us, and I'm sure our podcast audience uh, has similar examples. You know where when you're in a blue area, and then you go into these red areas, there's definitely a difference. So you know again. You know, that's why, you know, I think it's important that we continue to voice concerns. We continue to, you know, like you said, man, we, we can't be complacent. The voting thing, we cannot be complacent. Um, we're still young in this game and we still have to continue to push. It ain't, you know, I think a lot of people felt um, there's a lot of angst when it comes down to Gen Xers versus boomers and, and going up in generations. Even when you talk about millennials versus Gen Xers and because, you know, there's a lot of blame. That, that gets placed, you know, in terms of people being complacent or becoming complacent, thinking that we made it. Now, we still got a lot of work to do, you know, and I think it's obvious when you get somebody like 45 in that exposes the weakness, you know. It's going to be interesting to see, Rand, quite frankly, what he does with Sessions. I'm curious. I'm, I'm really becoming more curious to see who could be, I guess, what could be worse, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If he's interested in, yeah. in, in replacing, who could be worse? Yeah. 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 I'd say he's dead, man, walking right now. Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right, man, that's all I got. Don't forget, y'all, We can, you can go to castropolis.net. Um, again, we're on Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, on Instagram um, and on Twitter. We we do have a Facebook page, and, and, and Rand, Rand's uh, lovely better half acknowledged the fact that there was a Facebook page with the wrong logo. Basically, we don't use Facebook. We just It's a placeholder for us, but that has been corrected. Um, I, Instagram and Twitter. And as a matter of fact, we need more Twitter followers. I'm, I'm not super active. I'm not a big Twitter fan, but we put a Twitter page out there, and um, we post on Twitter, uh, post on Instagram. We love uh, to get more followers on the Twitter side. Instagram's coming along okay. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, if you go to Instagram and Twitter, the link to listen to us live, to get to Castropolis, to get to all of our podcasts, including we just added Podbean and we're pushing toward another big announcement. Um, but those opportunities, all that information's on the uh, social media. Okay. All right. So with that, uh, Rand, as always, man, 
It's a pleasure. Keep doing your thing. I know you're super active right now on the political side as we approach midterms and all the other great things you do, man. Uh, keep informing us. And, and man, hey, man, thanks for all you do, bro. And thanks for being a part of the podcast. I know you got a lot going on. You're busy. So the fact that you take the time out to hop on and and, and bring people up to date with, uh, with your wealth and knowledge, it is greatly appreciated. So thank you, bro. All right, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for allowing us to have this voice, man, on the so people can hear hear us. Uh, so and uh, and also uh, with the network, Astropolis.net, how you're adding more and more voices. And I want to tell Evie, I'm, I'm up to date on all on her shows now. So I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you're ready, ready to roll. Hey, man. And, and I'm ready to rise up. Ready, ready to rise up. up. And, Speaking and black, of rise up. And, you know, black chick. Black chick. <laughs> podcast oh, very, catching up with them too very cool hey man and by the way speaking of rise up uh congrats on the to the falcons man i, I was wrong on the last podcast you got a prediction for this week by the way with new orleans uh, man, i mean i ain't care less i'm just gonna be honest i can care less okay. all right all right i know it's nfl hey man with that 106 is in the can and we up out of here peace Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap, SB to G, graphics, Lady J. Thanks for listening.